Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel today, we read from John's Gospel, chapter 10. And Jesus gives us that wonderful image that God truly is the Good Shepherd. He calls us, we recognize his voice, and immediately we perk up and we follow him. Now, if you study scripture up and down the Bible, you see often that image of the Good Shepherd. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. Psalm 76, the Lord shepherds Israel by the hand of Moses and Aaron. In the book of the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord said, I will shepherd my people Israel. Now, Jesus in John's gospel, now he tells us himself that he truly is the good shepherd, the good shepherd that lays down his life for his sheep. Now, that's a very strong statement of Jesus's divinity. Jesus essentially embodies everything that has been spoken about him. Everything that has been prophesied about him has come true through Christ. Now, what makes Jesus the good shepherd? Well, he tells us the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd is other-oriented. He doesn't care about himself, but instead he cares completely about the sheep. In fact, he is so devoted to the sheep that he's willing to lay down his life so that the sheep might live. Now, picture yourself living in first century Palestine. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You are following him around from village to village, town to town. Probably just about every day you're seeing this image. You look out into the fields and you see sheep and their shepherd tending to them. So you see this image on a regular basis as you're accompanying Jesus from village to town. And Jesus says, a good shepherd lays down his life for a sheep. Now, when you first hear that, you say, well, you know, that sounds quaint. That sounds nice. But the more and more you think about it, the more you see those shepherds in the field tending their sheep, you say to yourself, well, that seems kind of strange. That shepherd out there is actually going to die for those sheep? Why does he just get more sheep if he loses them? And it begs the question, what is it about those sheep that are so precious, so valuable, so great, that that shepherd is willing to lay down his life for those animals? And yet, the good shepherd does just that, Jesus tells us. He does whatever he can to care for those animals, especially protecting those animals and their safety. But again, we look out into those fields day in and day out, as we are living in first century Palestine, and we say to ourselves, do we really expect that shepherd 
to risk his life for those sheep? Now, when wolves descend upon the flock, yes, the good shepherd will do his best to protect those sheep from the wolves. But when those wolves now turn their attention to the shepherd, and now they start attacking the shepherd themselves, now that shepherd's life is threatened. And therefore, do we really expect that shepherd to die for those sheep? Now, the rational person would say, well, the shepherd has done all that he could, you know, to care for those sheep. Now he's got to get out in order to protect himself. And yet, what does Jesus say? No, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Again, think of it. You are living in first century Palestine. You are accompanying Jesus and you see these shepherds in the fields with their sheep day in and day out. You know, it just doesn't sound right to you. Now, a good father and a good mother, yes, they would lay down their life for their children, for their protection. A good soldier might even, you know, sacrifice himself in order to save fellow soldiers. We can understand that. But it's strange for us, you know, for a shepherd to lay down his life for a sheep. We can only imagine what the apostles thought. But Jesus did just that. Now stop and think about the difference between us, human beings, and sheep. Well, we, as human beings, are far greater in terms of importance, aren't we? And therefore, based upon that huge gap between us and the sheep, it'd be very easy for us to conclude we shouldn't risk our life for these sheep. Now look at the difference between us and God. The difference is infinitely, infinitely, far, far, far greater. God is far, far, infinitely more important than us as human beings. And yet it is God, Jesus Christ, who does lay down his life for us all. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is getting at here. Now, if we stop and think about that, that better take our breath away. We better be speechless when we think about that. If we're not, then we're not getting it. We're not paying attention. This is a powerful gospel. The language is strong. It's meant to reach out, grab us, and shake us out of our mediocrity in the spiritual life. Again, we can only imagine what the apostles thought about this. In the ancient world, the common view of God was that God was benevolent and just. But the thought that God would die for us, humanity, would be something unheard of in the ancient world. Yes, God should be worshipped and honored. And yes, he is benevolent and just. But the fact that God dies for us, for the human race, in the ancient world, that would seem outrageous. And yet, that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's what lies at the very heart of Christianity. There's that classic story in which Jesus approaches Jerusalem and he says, Oh, as a mother hen gathers her chicks, so I long to gather you, Jerusalem. Now, on the superficial side, when we first hear that, we say, well, that sounds nice and quaint. The mother hen gathers her little chicks to protect them. However, take it to a deeper level. Any farmer or any owner of animals will tell you 
if a fire swept through a barn, that mother hen would instinctively and literally gather those young chicks under her wing, such that she would shield them from the fire. She would die so that they would be able to live. And see, that's the image that Jesus wants to convey to us. It's not some nice, quaint image, is it? Instead, there's something distinctive and even dire about that image. The mother hen burned to death, sacrificed so that her chicks could be saved. And see, that's exactly what Jesus is alluding to when he says, I long to gather you, Jerusalem, under my wings, so that the great destruction, when it occurs, it will be Jesus Christ who sacrifices himself for us all. Now, think long and hard about that. Again, if that doesn't take our breath away, then we're not paying attention. We don't get it. And you see, this lies at the very heart of Christianity. This is exactly what Jesus did for us all. The gospel continues. Jesus says, I know mine and mine know me. Oh, isn't that so true? We know Jesus' voice and he knows our voices. In fact, he knows our voices personally. Now, don't fall for that temptation in which we view God as this distant figure far off. He does have concern for us, but he doesn't really know us truly. Well, don't be duped by that temptation. God knows us intimately. As St. Augustine says, you know, God knows us more intimately than we know ourselves. God knows our voice. He picks our voice out from all the other voices in this world. How? because we are constantly talking to him. As I've said before, prayer is indispensable in the spiritual life. We must be people of prayer. We must be praying every day, several times a day. What else? Well, actions speak louder than words. By our conduct, by our behavior, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, those are a few ways in which we talk to God. And see, God is constantly hearing us. God should not be hearing us intermittently, praying when we feel like it. Instead, we should be praying all the time. As I said before, people come up to me and they'll tell me, you know, I feel lost in the spiritual life. I feel God is absent in my life. First question I'll always ask them, do you pray every day? Do you go to Mass every Sunday? They'll say no. And I will respond to them and say, well, there is your problem. Now, it's important for us to also recognize where Jesus says, mine know me. That is so true. We know his voice, don't we? As I said before, I, as as well as my classmates, had the opportunity to live and study in Israel for several months. And from time to time, we went out into the country and we saw the shepherds tending their sheep in the fields. The shepherds early in the morning would open up the gate and they would allow the sheep to go out into the fields and graze. And then towards the end of the day, they would stand at the gate and they would call the sheep in. And each shepherd had a distinctive call and his sheep answered to that call. They recognized the voice and they came back from the fields. Well, we too hear the voice of God. We hear God's voice in prayer, at Mass, and the sacraments, and we respond. We perk up, 
and we follow after Christ. Last week or a few weeks ago, I wrote an article in the bulletin about how our society is trying to reduce Jesus into another moral teacher. Well, he's hardly that. In fact, he's a lot more than that. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the second person of the Holy Trinity. And because of that, he knows us intimately and we can come to know him. He calls out to us. As he says, I am the good shepherd. Therefore, we're not strangers to God. He knows us. He knows our family, our history, our challenges. He calls out to us and we are able to distinguish his voice from all the other voices in this world. It echoes out at us, at Mass, in the sacraments, in the lives of the saints. And immediately, upon hearing that voice, we perk up and instinctively we follow him. Now, how does our culture define true freedom? Well, according to our culture, freedom only exists through the self-autonomous person that casts off the chains of institutional religion. Then they are truly free. Well, that is a spiritually false principle and rubbish. Instead, true freedom is hearing the voice of Christ calling out after us and then freely following after him. We are made for God. We are wired to hear and follow God, and we do. Today, we are reminded of the beautiful image that Jesus Christ truly is our good shepherd, and he lays his life down for his sheep. Jesus Christ, as our good shepherd, sees something very precious, very special in all of us, such that it's so valuable He's willing to lay down his life so that we might live. Again, if that doesn't take our breath away, then we're not paying attention. But Jesus does just that, and that's at the heart of Christianity. We have a good shepherd that knows us intimately, calls out after us, and we follow him. Not only that, but our good shepherd is with us always, protecting us now and for all of eternity. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.